Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. So our brain is designed to keep us alive, but I believe your purpose, your dream is put in your heart by God, by universe, by Allah, whatever you believe, and it's there and it can it never changes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if you're if you're still wondering, you need to figure out a way to shut off the brain and listen to the heart and I think the heart will tell listen you. Listen to your heart. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we have a, another special podcast. So we're in this um, series where we call uh, guest hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so last week uh, you guys had, we had Brian Avila as our guest host and, uh, you know, Jessica, she was uh, the videographer, but also on the podcast. But guess what? We made a switch. <laughs> we're pivoting, right? So uh, Jessica's now going to be our, you know, guest co-host for a, a little while. We'll see how that goes. Um, she also does a great job in the videography but you know uh, we're just gonna get together and have a little conversation chat about some uh, topics that are going on right now by the way uh, if you're new to the channel we welcome you welcome to the channel we appreciate you um, please subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed make sure you hit the no- that little like button smash the like button hit the notification bell but anyway so Jessica how's it going I'm pretty good pretty good gonna you know try to get used to this new co-hosting thing since unfortunately Brian is too good for us he's such a no. busy guy <laughs> he's got so much going yeah. on he's you know he's got his own stuff so I'm, I'm excited to try something new yeah you know um when when we brought brian on you know it was always like a, a guest kind of tryout thing and we love brian brian i know you're out there building a big business you're always welcome you know what i mean but now now just because the co-host and i think it's going to be a good mix um you know uh tell them a little bit about your background you do have a background in in this right yeah, so I have a degree in broadcast journalism from San Jose State University. And so I have, um, I did a, a vignettes, like a little mini profiles and stuff. So where I did interview um, like refugees coming from uh, Syria and um, Iraq. They were escaping, you know, from ISIS and all the Taliban. And so we went to um, Greece and we actually interviewed them on their travels and ha- what they're doing and how they're going to try to survive. And we went to the camps and stuff. So, um, yeah, I definitely have experience in filming and interviewing and that type of stuff. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. intense. It was really intense. What part of Greece did you guys go to? Uh, we went to a we went to Athens, and then we went to an island called Lesbos, which is where <laughs> they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Lesbos. Yeah, um <laughs> Don't get too excited, I say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Athens and Lesbos. Okay. Yeah, Lesbos. Yeah. So that island is actually, um, if you go to the beach, like the coast, you can actually see Turkey. And so the refugees were fleeing from Turkey to Greece on um, like little boats or whatever they could find to get over. And that's, I don't think that was the island where they found that little boy who had drowned. I don't know if you remember that picture of the, the little Syrian boy. I don't remember the picture, but I do remember the story. Yeah, so that was, um, so a lot of people over there were helping the refugees, um, you know, 
with like when they got over they try to help them and some people weren't so happy with refugees coming over so it was it was very intense and like eye-opening um trip because you i mean when you hear about it here it's just like oh yeah like but then you go and you see the faces of these 13 year old kids who are you know just trying to survive like their parents are just like help trying to get them somewhere where they can survive and have kind of a normal life Mm -hmm. and there were so many like intense stories about people witnessing their family members getting beheaded or you know things like that little girls like were so affected that they were trying to commit suicide and so it's just like super super intense but yet they're so kind i went to one uh one of the in the little encampment the little camps and one of the little girls we went to her little camp and she was showing us around her room she was it was her her twin sister her little brother and her parents and her mom had made their favorite dish for for dinner and they're asking us like take some take some and i'm like no like i'm not gonna take food from a refugee and then so i felt so bad I was like oh no it's okay and they were so hurt because they were like wow you turned us down but it was just like a i don't know what to do yeah. here like obviously i want to like you know accept that but i'm not i don't feel comfortable taking away food from someone like going through their situation yeah that's that's a pretty tough uh scenario you know and it's true like you say um we become kind of desensitized because the media just shows whatever they want to show you know their perspective right but yeah then when you're actually there and just to think about what you just said, like imagine watching your family members beheaded and being like a little girl and like experiencing that. And but then just the fact that they're such kind, giving people that they're refugees, they probably have a shortage of food, but whatever they have, they want to share. You know exactly. What I mean? yeah. And they're so smart. Like the little girl, she spoke. Um, what she speak? She spoke Arabic. She spoke English and she spoke another language. I forget what it was. Italian. Greek I don't know it was like she just like was spoke like four different languages and I'm like oh my god you're 13 like a refugee speaking all these like oh my god like sh- and I'm like friggin 23 speak English <laughs> maybe like a little yeah. Spanish yeah. but I'm just like dang like oh she was so smart and she's they were trying to get to Canada I remember them saying they wanted to c- get to Canada and go to uh, school to become doctor okay so this was um th- so this was Syria and Iraq was this uh, when was this? What was going on? Why were they fleeing? Was it the Syrian it war? It was ISIS and, and the, okay. yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah, okay. So this was when ISIS was at its peak, like really bad. Yeah, it was. I think it was in 2018 when I went. So I think it was M- a little bit after, maybe. maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I mean, there we went to this little this site, and it was like a dumping ground, and it had um, mountains and mountains of life jackets from all the refugees had that had come across. It was insane. I remember we were there. And we were just taking, like, it was me and all my, like, colleagues, and we're just all taking it in. And it was just, like, everyone was just dead quiet. And we're just walking around. You see, like, little two-year-old shoes laying around, and you just see all these life jackets. And I remember my professors were like, all right, let's take a picture. And everyone was like, what? Like, we're all so, (laughs) like, so affected by this. And they're like, all right, let's all stand together. And we're like... I was like, no, I don't want to take a picture. Like, this doesn't feel like a moment where sh- we should all be like, ah, yeah. you know. But I mean, I guess it you could look at it in a positive, like, ma- like the mountains of life jackets were the were refugees that made it, hopefully, across. Like, that was a sign of everyone who was able to, you know, get across and survive. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, when you said that mountains of, I just had this picture of like basically a mountain of life jackets. It literally was. There was just heaps and heaps of just life jackets from like little kid size. To adult, it w- it's insane. It's insane what they have to go through just to survive, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And 
Um, so our ex videographer, <laughs> uh, Hutton, he's actually from Syria. Oh, nice. So he uh, left Syria in 2010 thinking he was just going to come here to get his degree and then go back and run a company in his home country. Oh, no. And a year after he left, that's when the revolution broke out. Oh, and man. he has not been able to go back since. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that is insane. See, see guys, like um, we just don't understand. We don't appreciate things sometimes. So. That, that kind of stuff really makes you, appre- especially since you were young, like so young when you experienced that, I'm sure it made a, a pretty profound impact on you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially coming from my family, like I'm pretty well off, like probably upper middle class. And so like I'm very appreciative of everything that's been pretty much handed to me. Like it's basically like, you know, you don't choose where you're born. Yeah. It's like you when I've seen people here like, you know, or heard him say the birth lottery, you won the birth lottery, you know, so it's like I'm really grateful for what I have and. Um, I just wish other people were were willing to share. Like I, I want, I want to like help. Like I, w- it's just also when you like, I want to help, but it's just like how. Yeah. It's like what I feel like the issue is. Like I want to help, but like, w- where do I get started? Right. How do I help? Like in what way would actually be helping them? Well, just by you telling the story right exactly. now, exactly, you're already <laughs> somewhat helping them. You know what I mean? That's what we're. That's what our mission was. So we actually had a website, and we had all the um the little profiles that we did of all the different families and people while we were traveling. So we went to Greece and Italy and that's what we were doing over there. So it was very eye opening, very intense, very um, awesome trip. Cause I, I have anxiety. So that was my first trip um, like away from my family Okay. Um, wow. to like a different country. <laughs> what a first trip. <laughs> so like, I mean, I've traveled in the U S but that was my first yeah. time out of the country and out of the country without like my support system yeah so it was really really intense i was like oh my god like (laughs) that's the kind of trip that will change you forever definitely you know what i mean like you'll never come back the same Mm -mm. you know uh what what kinds of so i mean obviously you guys were there that you were helping by sharing their story you know because i hope so yeah because if if nobody knows the story you know Mm -hmm. then they don't know that they can help they don't even know what's going on right exactly yeah but um how do you feel that that changed you, I guess, from, you know, previously where how you were, you know, to after that trip? Do you think anything changed? I think I kind of like I remember our first interview. We were going down to this park and I remember my stomach was just in knots. And I told my professor, like, I can't do it. I was yeah. like, I can't go like I'm, I'm getting anxious. Like, I just can't do it. And I was sitting in my room. They had all gone down to the lobby and I was sitting in the hotel room by myself and I was like, just cause like you can't fly out this far and give up like this. Like we have to, we have to push through. So I was like, okay. So I went downstairs and I met up with everyone. My stomach was still in knots. I felt like I was going to throw up, but I pushed through it and I went and I got to, you know, meet all these wonderful people with stories to tell. And I was super, I think it just taught me like, don't give up. Like I, it's, things are tough, but obviously other people have it tougher and if you're trying to help, like help, don't just call call out like because you're not feeling great. Like go out there, tell the story, help them. I know it's like scary, it's new, but like just try it and you know push yourself to di- to new limits. Yeah, so you kind of um, you kind of made a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know. Yeah, it was really intense. Yeah. So it did so that kind of gave you like a confidence or maybe like things are not as bad as as you made them before in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like just try like i feel like you know i built things up in my head of what can go wrong yeah so then it's just like yeah yeah, you know what i mean so it's like just go 
and experience it. And if it's bad, then you know. And then if it's not, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a great trip, and I went with um, a group of friends, and so it was a really big group of us, and we all, you know, were together and were each other's support systems because one of the girls, um, Shauna, she spoke Arabic, so she was actually like conversating with them and actually hearing their stories in person right because we c- we don't we uh, we can't under- a lot of us couldn't understand what right. they were saying right she was like we a translator exactly she was and so i know like it was so intense watching her <sighs> like having those conversations yeah because i could see it on her face like what they were saying was very emotional like very like, heart-wrenching yeah. and so she took on a lot and like i'm like she's so strong for yeah. like and she's actually from i think she is from syria okay so wow. she was like listening to the stories of her people and yeah. it was like i was like i don't know how she does it she's so strong yeah like, that's intense that's crazy you know it's kind of like um she was watching it live while you guys are like watching the subtitles after yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> well that's cool though that's a very unique experience so yeah. that was all so as you guys can see she has experience <laughs> to be a co-host and be part of this right i hope so that was like kind of like really intense journalism basically right? yeah it was it really was and i i mean i had like my favorite professor with me um who is from um afghanistan and she is amazing like she her stories are great and she's a really great reporter so it was really great having her as like a mentor okay. and then uh, we had our other professor who um i think she spoke a little bit of italian so she was both both of them were great like they were my favorite professors in college so it was really nice going on a trip with them and already having that relationship with them and just like having them there as like a support system as well so it was really it was a great trip that kind of some stuff, real so. hardcore journalism yeah it was it was i'm grateful for it and so that you know? was a school trip yeah it was a study abroad trip Wow. and that like we had to do a study abroad trip to graduate it was one of the requirements so they had different options but i definitely like took this one because my friends were taking it and my favorite professors were leading it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it was a no doubter. Like, I got to take this one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I think you're pretty glad that you did. I'm definitely glad I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, by the way, uh, if you've ever traveled abroad and had any type of amazing experience, please let us know. Leave it in the comments, right? So we're going to talk about some things today. You know, um, mainly we want to talk about relationships, the Olympics, and uh, – figuring out how to follow your bliss but let's talk about it because we have a unique perspective here um because you are a millennial yep yep and i am generation x right (laughs) and we are now both basically single in this new generation which is i don't know if you call it gen z or if you call it like it's gen z yeah. yeah gen z or maybe the one before gen z so anyways we're we're both single um and you know different generations different maybe ways of how dating was in my day and then your day and then how it is now so we're going to talk about that right yeah um obviously um i'm 43 and you're 30 Mm -hmm. right so that's a 13 year difference that's about about two generations (laughs) maybe 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 one maybe one one giant generation but yeah so i remember when i was young you know and um basically there was really no dating apps back then um there was no smartphones. Uh, we still had pay phones. We had pagers. Oh, my God. You're ancient. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> we, do you guys know what pagers are, right? Back in my yeah, day. Right? We had a pay phone <laughs> and, and a pager. Yeah. <laughs> so we would do pagers and, like, pager codes. And oh, my God. There was no social media. 
Uh, so if you did some stupid shit, uh, <laughs> only people that would know were the people that were there, right? Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was a different time because people communicated. People actually had phone conversations. Um, texting wasn't a big thing. It was starting to come out, right? But I've also dated in the texting generation and then the social, the social media and dating app generation. And, you know, another thing we were going to talk about is... Um, how do you find friends, uh, you know, at this time, you know, especially me, because, you know, in your 40s, maybe in your 30s, too, this is where like most of your friends are already either married, starting to have families. And if you're not on that little path, you're kind of like they're kind of like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? Like, all right, we're off. Well, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, so do you think it was less stressful dating in like your era without like the texting Without like thinking, like, oh my God, when are they gonna text me back? Like, did you ever feel like that? At like, when are they gonna call me back? Was it more like, all right, I had my like two-hour co- phone conversation, like I'm good. Like, is was there a big difference? You think? That's a great question. So there was no ghosting. There was no, um, are they gonna call me back? Pretty much, <laughs> obviously, because it's gonna date me. But when you called somebody, it was a landline. And they had to pick up. And if they didn't pick up, their mom did. And you'd be like, is such and such there? And their mom would say yes or no, right? <laughs> it wouldn't be like they're not there, right? Um, so I guess to answer your question, no, there wasn't a lot of that. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, but back then it was pretty, I didn't have a lot of issues dating, you know? Um, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I would never get turned down by anybody. But to answer your question, I think it was almost impossible to go somebody because you knew where they lived. Their landline rang at their house and somebody was going to pick it up. They didn't have caller ID, right? You know. (laughs) Yep. So you got to pick it up. You don't know who it is, (laughs) right? You're like, hello. And actually, they say back then, putting someone on ghost would be letting the phone off the hook so it's busy. (laughs) So we're trying to call and it's busy, right? (laughs) So, so no, I don't think we had a lot of that. Um, I think you actually had to learn how to communicate with somebody. Because if you didn't know how to communicate back then and you couldn't carry a phone conversation, that's where you would lose the person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I just remember so many times when you really like somebody staying on the phone till like two in the morning, like literally falling asleep on the phone, you know, something yeah. that's kind of lost nowadays. I think people kind of do that nowadays, but they do it with like FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. FaceTime. You know, they FaceTime yeah. each other yeah. and then fall asleep and then one screen records. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Look at my, they fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of that. I do appreciate FaceTime though. Yeah, that's a good feature. Because... You know, it's almost the closest you can get without being in person. Right. So what about you? Like talk about, you know, maybe when you first started dating to the changes now, have you felt that kind of issue or those kind of problems a little bit? Um, You know, honest, to be honest, I haven't really had a crazy dating life. Um, I feel like movies and media like kind of place an unrealistic expectation of what you're going to go through. Like, I feel like I was expecting, like, all right, I'm going to be in high school. I'm going to meet someone. We're going to fall in love. And we're going to, like, be forever together. F- you know what I mean? Like, that whole, like, step Fairy after tale. step. Yeah. yeah. And then I was in high school, and it was just, like, eh. Like, I, I had crushes, but there was no one that, w- you know, where you're, like, lock eyes and, you know, oh, love at first sight. You know, yeah. nothing like that. And so, like, I really didn't date throughout, like, high school and college. So that's why it's, like, a new... I mean, I did a little bit, you know, and when I started dating, I was using the apps, you know, like whatever dating app mm-hmm. was out there. What was the top app when you just started using them? Um, 
I think Tinder was. Tinder, okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that's more of like a hookup app now, I think. I don't know. I know there's like different. like. It was like the first major one. I yeah, think. I think it was. Like, I just remember like going on there and like swiping with my yeah. friends and like, oh, look, this one likes yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I used, yeah, that one. But yeah, so I, n- I remember like my, my friends all dated and it was, I remember being in high school and I'm like, oh my God, they're t- going to be together forever. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you're <laughs> so young and you're like, oh, yeah. they're the it couple. Yeah. The it couple. And then they like obviously break up. And, but it was, I just remember like looking back, it's so funny being that young and like, oh my God, those two are going to be together forever, you guys. Like yeah. they're so cute. And I was like so naive too. Cause when I, I grew up kind of sheltered, I guess. Um, so when I was in high school, when people were dating, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like they hold hands and they like kiss Mm -hmm. and that's all they do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, obviously they can't do the other stuff (laughs) at school, right? Yeah. I was like, no, because they're too young. They wouldn't do that. Like (laughs) that's for marriage. (laughs) It was like, oh my rude awakening for me. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. They like started wait. before high school? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. What's going on yeah. here? That's not what my mom told <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little sheltered with the whole, like, all that kind of stuff. And then my best friends, um, my best friends were my neighbors, and his dad was a pastor. And so, like, I had a very, like, you know what I mean? So I was very, I wasn't really, um, I don't know, I was very sheltered, and I was very, back then in that age, I was very close-minded when it came to things, uh-huh. and I think that really hindered me yeah. because, you know, my friends. I mean, they're we're young. We're gonna they're gonna experiment. They're gonna try drugs. Course, they're gonna yeah. do that, and I was like so, I would get so upset. I'd be like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. And I'd get so angry, and I remember being like, like looking back, I'm like, why did I? Like I cared so much. Like I I don't know why. I think just because it was so ingrained in me. Like you're not supposed to be doing this. That's not right. And so then I would get so upset that they would do it. Um, but yeah, I just, young me, I wish I could just go back and just like, be like, no, yeah. like <laughs> don't, don't judge people. Like let them live their lives. Like you're fine. Like if you want to try it, try it. It's not like bad that people are experimenting and living their lives. Yeah. There's a couple things that you said. First of all, the fairy tale, right? So we all get, so I can speak from, you know, uh, uh maybe 15 plus more years or whatever of experience, <laughs> right? So the fairy tale. It is not like how it is in the movies, guys. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it's not, right? I mean, there is relationships that last from high school, but to me, a long-term relationship is hard work. 100%. I mean, yeah, you do fall in love, and that that little oxytocin rush, Mm -hmm. it eventually goes away, right? And eventually, you have to get to know the person. Eventually, you have to compromise. Eventually, you have to really commit and work through it and it's not going to be perfect right so number one the fairy tale is not real <laughs> sorry no, one, like one in a million maybe yeah, yeah yeah maybe and even they have problems yeah, yeah. it's you not I mean? yeah it's nothing's ever going to be perfect because i mean even in like movies they cut right that's a two-hour span like <laughs> it's not a lifetime yeah. <laughs> that, that one perfect scene probably took like eight hours of filming yeah, right? for that one scene right and the second thing was so you mentioned Tinder, right? So I started dating apps when it was AOL chat rooms. Oh my god! So <laughs> by the way, uh, it was even better back then because everybody was on the same platform. True, true, true. So imagine yeah. like everybody and their mother is on the same thing, and there's like gazillion chat rooms. Like I still remember. So I think it was 1996. I believe it's 96. We got I was five. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and she was five. I got my first computer, right? <laughs> and I, I was probably 18-ish, um, maybe 95. I don't know. 
mm-hmm. AOL comes out. You used to get this like CD and you have to oh download it, right? And you know, it's funny how we're so angry when our internet's not like I know, super like, fast. So <laughs> Talk about dial up. I remember when you, <laughs> yeah, it would take at least three to five minutes just to log on. A Gen Z would lose their shit if they had to dial on right now, right? I know. My dad is, I think, uh, he's obviously older than you, but yeah. he's still like so impatient with things like internet. And I'm like, how are <laughs> yeah. you this impatient? Like, didn't you grow up? Like, you weren't even like when you were growing up, computers didn't even exist. Yeah. Like, how are you so impatient? He's modern now, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's super modern, right? So I remember AOL chat rooms and like, yep. just imagine like being a kid and you just get handed the keys to the, w- like, you're now connected to the world. Yeah. Like, I used to be stuck there for hours and just chatting and, we used to have like screen names and like <laughs> oh I, I remember my screen name oh yeah yeah it was Animal Lover One Two Four oh there you go right <laughs> yeah. my mine don't don't sue me here oh gosh actually a girl told me to get it it was Green Eyed Chulo oh no because I I used to have <laughs> green eyes they're like hazel now but she I'm like what do I pick she's like Green Eyed Chulo I'm like okay now it's kind of su- now it sounds really stupid right <laughs> but uh, I actually still have that email. That's amazing. That's the email I use for all my junk stuff. Like, you know, when they say sign up for 10% yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. that's my AOL email, right? That's so funny. So I probably had that email for 25 years. Wow. Or more, 26 years. Wow. So anyway, so it was AOL chat rooms. And then I remember the dating apps were like plenty of fish. I oh, yeah. That one. Yeah, but that one's like whatever. And then MySpace comes along. Oh my God, MySpace! I, actually, believe it or not, MySpace and Facebook those are those became like ways to meet people. True, right? true, true. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you experienced this, but I remember when MySpace came along. Like, you know, because obviously in my generation, if, if you didn't see somebody after high school, you basically probably never saw them again right? in your life, right? Bye. <laughs> Unless you just randomly ran across them in like the grocery store or whatever, yeah. which doesn't really happen anymore. So imagine from not seeing people for 10, 15, 20 years. Well, not that long because it might space a long time. Well, let's say 10 years. Um, and all of a sudden, bam, there they are. And they're your top friends. Yeah, you top eight. Yeah, you got to be yeah. the top eight. So you had so many people like reconnecting that hadn't like seen each other for years and hooking up yeah. and all this crazy stuff. But, but yeah, you know, it was pretty crazy. Um, and I think, honestly, what it did, at least from my experience, and you can share yours, you, you might not have a different experience of mine because I went from where you could only meet the people you were, that was your circle, wherever you lived, the city, wherever you went, that's where you met people, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, I can meet people in different countries mm-hmm. from the privacy of my own little AOL computer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now I'm meeting people like in different cities and different counties and I even met people from different countries and we're chatting and making friends and dating, right? Yeah. So for me, in initially, it was like, like, oh, like, <laughs> like the gates opened up, right. right? You know, I don't know. What was your experience kind of? I, I think MySpace came out when I was in, I want to say high school or middle school. And I remember it was such a big thing. And I remember like everyone had their pages all fancy and like your theme music. Yeah, your theme yeah. music, your background. And I just remember like the top eight. Like top eight was such yeah. a thing. Like if you weren't in someone's top eight, it was like, am I your friend? Yeah, exactly. Right. right? Yeah. Like friendship over. Is, are you like, you don't want me as a friend anymore? <laughs> like I, I remember that. And also, um, I know gaming, actually. I've met a lot of people through just gaming. Mm. Like um, I met, I mean, I've known someone for, I think, almost 10 years. Like we just from we played a video game together. And we hit it off and like we're just 
homies now. We still play together to this day. So I think that was an interesting aspect too, just like online gaming, just meeting random people playing the same game as you. What so what game would you would you play initially? What was the one game that you met the most people? Um, I played um Destiny. That was like the n- I forget when that came out, but that's where I met one of my close friends. Um, I used to, so I grew up with a lot of guy friends, okay. like all my good fr- like most of my close friends that I would hang out with that were like lived close to me were boys so i was always like trying to keep up with the boys so i'd be playing halo 3 and all those like type of shooters and i'm like i'm not the best but i like i, I think i hold my own but those are some toxic toxic chat rooms oh, so I can imagine. i've yeah. heard i've heard yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets real bad especially if you're a girl so i would just like i would never talk mm. i just keep my mouth shut because it's a lot of you know like what are you doing make me a sandwich or you know <laughs> stuff like that and i'm just like i don't want to hear this so <laughs> It's so a lot of uh, male toxicity on Oh, there. 100%. Mm. I mean, definitely, like, ne- like I if I ever have kids, I'm never letting them play. Like, I'll let them. Like, you can play those games, but you don't get to wear a headset till you're, like, <laughs> eight, like, grown adult. Because yeah. they're so bad, like, so toxic in there. So they can handle it, right? Yeah. And then um, I played Sea of Thieves. Um, there's a lot of games that, you know, you are, like, multiplayer. And you can just talk and, like, meet people. And if you find like-minded people, it's fun. Because then you're like, oh, cool, now I can you know, have a, I have a hobby and other people to enjoy it with. You know, I think gaming for you was like what AOL is for me. Yeah. I mean, we we're playing video games, but we were chatting basically. And mm-hmm. there would be people that would go in the chat rooms and say crazy stuff. And oh gosh, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm forgetting it, but you would literally like see someone's screen name and look them up and then like shoot your shot like in the really? chat room right yeah <laughs> and if they like like you have to shoot your shot like yeah you and everyone's go there right and there was like codes and all uh, it was crazy right it was, yeah. so, it was so weird so somewhere along the lines um i think it maybe was facebook or like stuff like that or like hot or not right mm-hmm. it became where you like somebody and they said no to now is like a rating system. Yeah, it's like a game. Yeah, they gamified it. So actually, that's a good point. They gamified dating or mm-hmm. interacting or meeting people. Because, you know, back in the day, you had access to message that person, whether they liked you or not. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you would just get the messages, right? But now it's like you don't even get a chance to talk to the person unless they approve. Right. Which is kind of crazy. You know what it's I mean? It's weird. And it's weird. Like, I feel like when people are on dating apps, you're not really trying to engage with that person it's very just like are you immediately attracted to them right. you know it's just like yep no yes no like i don't feel like anyone actually th- actually takes the time to be like all right let me look through your profile and see what your interests are it's maybe just girls like, do yes, but no. guys definitely don't. no right it's <laughs> yeah. just like boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like there's no substance it's yeah. just like a you're hot you're not you're yeah. hot you're not so it's very interesting that's a good point because i remember so you just reminded me of something i remember when i would meet girls in the past before all this, I they had to like my personality before. I mean, they would like me physically, right? Yeah. But you had to really get to know them, and they had to get to know you. And if you didn't have a good personality, like, you had no game, right? Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate because my dad's very funny, right, uh, naturally, that I picked up that, like, kind of funny, charismatic type personality. Okay. So I remember one of my longest girlfriends when I was young. She was super hot. Like, everybody wanted her. <laughs> But I didn't even go in like trying to date her. I went in as the wingman for my friend. <laughs> yeah, and we stayed in a car from midnight till three a.m. talking. Wow. Not like, oh, you're hot. Let me let me hit it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me whatever. It was like, 
hi, let's talk. Let's crack jokes. Let's see your sense of yeah. humor. And literally, because I spent three hours making them laugh the whole night, she started to like me a lot. And I remember she told her friends, like, hey, because she was like, she had her pick, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I want Isaac. And then she's like, and they're like, why? Well, because he was making me bust a gut the whole night. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So I literally, we literally got to connect and she got to know, oh, this guy's funny. He makes me laugh mm-hmm. before we even did anything else, right? And so that's that was kind of like most of my dating interactions when I was young because that's how you had to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? You had to have confidence or uh, at least a guy, you know. A, mm-hmm. a w- so so I took a social anthropology class in, in college. Mm-hmm. So if this is wrong, sue me, right? Or sue Deanza College because this is where I took it, right? <laughs> don't yeah. sue us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't sue me. Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I, I might be wrong. Whatever. Don't listen to this, right? But this class taught us that 80% of men and 80% of women think the same way, right? There's 20% outliers on each side, right? So if you're different, you're probably the 20% on each side or 10% on each side, right? Um, so men are visual, most of them. 80% of men, they learn with sight. That doesn't mean that we're shallow. We just like your looks. That's how our brains work. So if our brains are visual, everything we learn, see, like is visual. So if we're not like if we're not triggered visually, like enticed visually, it's a real hard chance for the girl for us to like the woman. Right. Um, And women are verbal. So you could be a super hot, good looking guy. But if you are like a dull as a rock you don't have any personality, you will instantly become ugly. Whereas a guy, as long as you're visually appealing to the guy, you could be pretty much dumb as a rock (laughs) and they don't (laughs) care, right? You know what I mean? Uh, But then there's a 10% on each side that some women that think kind of like men, they're very visual and some men that are like, they want, you know, sapiosexuals or whatever. They Mm -hmm. want to be enticed mentally. So, So what I learned is and this is social anthropology again, right? And I'm just saying this to help men and women understand each other because the biggest uh, challenge I think that we face is that we think that we think like each other. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So women are like, why are guys like that? I don't get it because you're thinking they should think like how I think because I like the personality. I get to know somebody. I'm picky. So women's supposed to be very picky because it goes back to caveman days. So when we had the little reptilian brain, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where we were kind of instinctual. Yeah. So what really attracted men was a waist-hip ratio. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily looks. It was stuff that triggered, ooh, fertile, I can have kids with them, right? Yeah. So it was like waist-hip ratio. It was full lips. It was like, you know, stuff that was like triggered our brains like, oh, a good mate mm-hmm. for children, right? Yeah. Um, for, for women, they had to pick the good hunter. Yeah, because back then there was wild animals, there was famine, there was other tribes trying to kill you. Right. So if you didn't pick a good hunter, your kids would get you would get kidnapped by other tribes. You wouldn't have no food on the table. An animal would come. And so that's why men want to impregnate every young curvy thing they see, because instinctually that means our blood's going to survive because the more kids we had back then, because a lot of them died the better and women are 
hunter gatherer selective, right? So if you're a good, if you're operating properly as a woman, you're very selective, right? Yeah. Um, but we're also advanced now. In That's society. what I was saying. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, we've kind of yeah, uh, we're not cavemen, right? <laughs> we've adapted, and yeah. we need to uh, grow and <laughs> yeah. learn that. That's not a good way to pick people yeah <laughs> so so that's what they also said they said well nowadays we're not cavemen anymore right yeah but it's still very strong in our brains right so the more advanced a person is the more they operate now so nowadays if a man had a bunch of kids from a bunch of different women that's not a good thing that means child support and you're broke and you're like a loser right yeah uh nowadays it's the family unit that is the because it's all about survival of the children mm-hmm. that's my point Everything boiled down to how can we make sure our kin survive, right? Well, I think even um, like if you look at it nowadays, I think there's less people from my generation and probably Gen Z. Like I feel like less people are going to have kids because I feel like back when it was like that was your job as a woman, right? It was like your housewife, you have kids, you take care of the right. like that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I think nowadays more women are like. I can choose like maybe I don't want kids or career it, oriented. Yeah. And it's like even like, I mean, if you look at I know a lot of people think if you look at the way the earth is going right now, like why would I want to bring a kid into it right yeah. now? Like w- and we're not taking care of this place that we live in. We're just milli billionaires are trying to leave. And yeah. and we're all just like like pointing the fingers, the fingers like, no, you do something. No, you do yeah. something, you know. So people are like, I don't want to bring a kid into the world when it's like this. So I think there's definitely like a lot of change. From like even like baby boomers them to like your generation, mm-hmm. to my, there's just so much like shifting I would say and um and for I think for women too when it comes to dating, it's a lot scarier. Like for men, like if you're if you're out right and you see a girl, you can you you feel comfortable like oh I'm gonna go talk to them and but for women it's like so scary to be out there like out and about and just have a man a random guy come up to you it's like oh my God, he's going to, you know, spike my drink. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to follow me home later? Like, Uh, it's just like, uh, like when I, I I mean, I just think that like in women's heads, we're always having to think like he could be a nice guy. Right. I hope he's a nice guy, but you have to have that little inkling like he could be awful. Yeah. He could do something terrible. Like you always have to be on your guard. So I think it's really hard like to be out and dating in general. Yeah. You know, it's also kind of like like okay you said a couple of good things so first of all the 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 role as a woman has changed big time right yeah because from when my parents were young divorce was you're the weirdo mm-hmm. like divorce was like taboo right yeah to where my generation okay it wasn't that bad it was maybe like 30 percent to where now it's like getting a new pair of underwear pretty much like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i'm tired of you I'm, I'm you know but and so so there's that right and then there's the other thing where, you know, from my generation on, women became more career oriented. Yeah. Because I'm kind of in a weird scenario because I look so young, you know, uh, and I'm not saying that because I feel it. It's just what I hear. Right. Um, that I I meet more people, more girls in their 20s, like mid to late 20s. I mean, I've met girls that are super young, uh, but it just there's no i mean it's not super young they were of age they were 21 i mean like 22 okay there we go that's sorry (laughs) let's clarify (laughs) not super young everything super young is 21 to everything legal so 22 is like super young for me right okay there we go but like where there's an attraction but then there's like no mental like connection Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i don't even get them it's like (laughs) what you know what i mean yeah yeah (laughs) no i know tic tac but it's like just it's just weird right yeah it's different 
but then so then I go, okay, so let me try to date women around my age, right? And then I met a lot of people. So it's weird. 37 seems to be like the year if I go towards my age. Because mm-hmm. I think anything older, like I want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, you're a woman. I mean, women know the older you get, the more dangerous it is. Yeah. The more it's risk to the kid, right? For both. Yeah. It's yeah. dangerous for both mom and kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, shoot, if I want to meet somebody and have kids, like if they're close, I mean, if they're my age, I can pretty much forget about it. So, Technically, I cannot really date anybody my age. I mean, but there's modern medicine now. I think yeah. women are able to have kids a little later in life nowadays. True, but it's very risky. You yeah, know I mean? and I think most women that are maybe in their 40s have already decided whether they mm-hmm. w- want kids or not. Yeah, it, it, and so it's like, okay, uh, that's very true, you know, because I've known, I've heard of women having kids in their 40s and yeah. the kids are fine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my, like, rock in a hard place here. It's like, okay... If I truly want to have a family, um, I need to go a little younger because I need to ha- have a woman who's around the age where she's mature enough now. Because mm-hmm. obviously a 22 year old ain't going to do nothing mentally. Yeah. Right? Unless they've been through some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably like a Syrian refugee that's seen <laughs> Maybe. people die. Maybe they're a little bit more mature. But, um, you know. So like maybe mid to late 20s because then we can get to know each other following falling in love the oh. the fake fairy tale right yeah. and then know each other well enough to go okay this is a person i want to have kids with and mm-hmm. she's still maybe 30 uh or 29 or 32 so that she's got time you know what i mean yeah i mean because it, it, it's not like you're gonna meet someone babies yeah exactly you know right? so you have to meet someone date someone yeah. getting well i'm well that's right the way you're supposed getting, to do it right get engaged get yeah. married then ha- that's gonna take at least yeah. i would think three years three five years i don't know i i honestly i might have kids before the marriage thing (gasps) because i'm divorced tell your mom no but i mean it's about being still with the person yeah but i think the marriage thing is not as important as the kid because of my age and you know whatever because i mean i do look young but i mean (laughs) i'm 43 i'll be 44 this year so realistically the earliest i can have a child is 45 46 yeah so now (laughs) When my child is in their teens, I'm in my mid to late 50s. Now, <laughs> yeah. I take care of myself. I'm plant-based. I work out. But a teenager in your 50s, like, you got to have some energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. even a young kid in your 40s, you know, like, running around, not sleeping, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So there's a lot of things I got to consider, right? Um, but, yeah, so going back to your point, I've met a lot of women that are in their mid to late 30s that haven't had children. And it, it's kind of like... I'm not going to say sad because it's a choice, but you could see it kind of in their eyes that like they kind of missed the boat. You know what I mean? They kind of listened to everybody and now they're, they're in the place where they're like, okay, I have to accept like they, they, I don't know if they're just, I mean, maybe they say what they're saying is true, but it almost seems like they're just like, well, I chose my career. I chose, I started maybe dating a little late in life. So now it's like, I may not ever have kids. You know what I mean? Or they have to adopt or stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like a tough thing for, you know, these women who become career oriented or start late or stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, mean, it all depends, too, because, I mean, I think that was like the the eye opening thing was that, like, some women don't want to have children. Right. right? And I think that was like for older generations. It's like, what? Yeah. Especially. What do you mean? Like, I think my dad, I think, has he has a twin. He has two twin sisters. He's an older brother and a younger. So he has like. A big family, like right. every, a lot of older generations had like, th- what, like six to eight kids. And so when p- when women are saying, you know what, actually, like, I don't want kids. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. 
it's a lot of money, you know, and maybe it's just not the right time. And you mean, like personally, I'm adopted. Okay. My parents adopted me when I was a week old. Oh, wow. And so my birth father and my birth mother were, I think my birth mother was in her senior year of high school and my birth father was in the army. And so for them, they were just young. Right. And they just didn't have, they didn't feel like they could take care of a child. So they were like, "Let okay, like we're not ready for this. Let's like give it to someone who is and who maybe, because my mom, right, and my mom d- can't have kids. She was uh, infertile or like there okay. was something going on. Your, your adopted mom. Yes. yes. Okay. So, so it's like they weren't ready for kids. So they, you know, they had, she chose to have me and then give me to someone, to a family that could afford to have a kid right. and could raise a kid and, and appreciate it again. It, it, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I feel like there's so many more options for women and like, like even me, like, I don't know if I want kids right. because that's a lot of responsibility. And you know what? That's, that's something important because most people don't understand or they're just selfish because yeah. the, like, I think Elon Musk said it. He said, my kids owe me nothing. They didn't choose to be in this world. I yeah. owe them everything. I brought exactly. them into this world, you know? So your parents, even though it must have been super difficult for your mom, they ha- wanted you to have a good life, right? Exactly. So they p- and then you did, right? You yeah. ended up in a, a really good family, uh, like you said, upper middle class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and and so yeah, I mean that is a, that is also like another important factor of it, right? It's like there's there's a lot of kids out there that need to be adopted that exactly. need to have good homes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have you met your uh, biological parents? Not yet. I def- um, so originally it was supposed to be an open adoption, but I think it was too hard on my birth parents. So they made it closed. So they so didn't want to know at yeah, all. Yeah. So they, I know I have a letter from them mm-hmm. that they wrote me talking about why they did what they did and all this. I mean, it's very touching. And like, like every time I read it, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but I definitely like, I still want to meet them. Yeah. I just, ha- I'm just lazy. Okay. And I haven't took the time to like, contact the adoption agency i think it closed down and I, i'm sure the records are somewhere but so I it's gonna be a process yeah it's gonna be a def like a project that i'd have to like really but i'm 30 and i should have yeah. I, ca- I can't find them i could have siblings like yeah so i mean that's let's talk about that that's another important topic not wanting kids right yeah and again everybody has a right to to choose right yeah exactly. like you said if you're if you if you're if you're not selfish, if you understand the responsibility of having a child, and I, the older I get, the more I understand the responsibility yeah. of having a child. Like, it's literally self-sac. Like, you're mm-hmm. you're you don't matter anymore. No, you're done. If you're a good parent, you don't matter anymore. Yep, and it's not even it's not even just to eighteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, eighteen is it's like a, some myth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a lifetime. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I know my parents still kind of treat me like I'm sixteen. But Same. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, if you're a good parent, it's always there. It, it changes the role. The role is supposed to change. By the way. Yeah. When they're adults, you're still the parent, but you treat them like an adult, right? You would hope, yeah. You would hope because that keeps the relationship more, more better. Yeah, like balanced. That's not bad grammar, but you like know what I mean. Yeah, healthy, balanced, yeah, balanced, yeah, yeah, uh, healthy, right? But but it's true. Like w- having a child, you brought them in the world. You wanted to go and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens to that kid, it's really your responsibility. If you're a good parent, I mean, yeah. there's parents that go like, whatever, we don't even that's care, true, right? Yeah. So so that's one thing is the responsibility. And then you mentioned it like, I, and because I've had those thoughts too. It's like, do I really want to bring a kid into the world the way it is now? I mean, um, then you have global climate change and it's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I believe it's even tougher now, you know? Yeah. I mean, just, I don't know. But, but then, then again, what I've learned in life, what I see in my family is it doesn't matter what happens around you. 
mostly what happens is what happens in your home, mm-hmm. right? Yes. If you train your kids well enough, if you educate them well enough, if you give them like the confidence and the ability, they can get along pretty much in, in any in any uh, generation. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. But it is a lot crazier. Yeah. So so you don't know if you want kids yet? I don't know. Okay. It's just like it's like it's a lot like i yeah. it's not an i don't think it's an, an easy decision like no. i don't think it should be like one like i mean i guess if if you feel like, like maternal like instinct i guess maybe it's just like like obviously i want kids but for me i'm like i don't know yeah like i don't like i'm an anxious person right so if i have kids that's just gonna add another thing for me to be anxious about so i'm like <laughs> i don't know like yeah <laughs> i'm already get freaked out if my dog is like limping i'm like oh my god yeah oh my god i gotta take him to the vet like yeah. exactly so if i have a kid everything's gonna be like oh my god they're coughing they're gonna have pneumonia or you yeah. know everything's gonna be i don't know and then like when you have kids you can't just be like oh i'm gonna pick up I'm going to go to a freaking Hawaii for the weekend. Right. Like, if you have a kid, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, most or likely. you take them and they're crying <laughs> no, the yeah, whole way. Yeah, but then it's like you're not even getting, you know, the vacation you want because you're going to take care of your kid. Right. So, it's like, and it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, already living in California is expensive, right? Like, paying for your home. Especially the Bay Area where we live. Yeah. And so, even just, like, putting another expense, like, of a kid on is, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> This might be controversial, but it, uh, I believe people should have to take like a test and have to be like a certain financial uh, position. Like, I mean, because having a kid is is a privilege. It's not like it shouldn't be a, a right. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that's probably controversial, but I think they would solve a lot of problems if someone had to be like mentally, financially. Like, it's like you got to do all that to buy a house. You know what I mean? But now you're bringing a new human into this world and you there's no test. doesn't matter if you're like, fi- like mentally yep. capable. Fi- it doesn't matter. The kid's the one that suffers. That's right? true, yeah. Not the parents. Um, so I honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Don't hate me, by the way, right? Um, but, if, uh, but I believe there should be some type of at least um, criteria, um, you know, to have a kid because it's only in the in the kid's best interest. I mean, right? that would be like impossible to do because there's right. there's millions of us. Yeah. <laughs> knock knock knock. Time for your annual like hey, the census bureau. Pr- right? Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you get pregnant? Or not? No, that would be ins- that would be like government like controlling our bodies. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think you guys know think you should do. be. Yeah. <laughs> I think I understand your idea, but that would be insane. Yeah. Because then they'd have to do something that would prohibit. Yeah. Getting pregnant. Or find them or something. Tax no. them. Oh, gosh. The kid tax. Oh, no. The idiot tax. No. You're a dee-dee-dee. Or you're <laughs> you can't have a kid. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. Anyways, Elon Musk said that, though. He said, why is it... By the way, this is Musk's words, not mine. He said, why is it that the stupid people are breeding more than the intelligent people? He's like, oh. we should be the ones breeding and creating more of, of whatever, us. He should be... Um, you know, sticking his uh, money w- in more important issues than going to space than Mr. <laughs> Elon. If you're so smart, why are you wasting billions of dollars to go fly in space for two seconds? Yeah. You know, like, I don't think you're as smart as you think you are, buddy. Yeah. You know, um, I think, like you said in the last podcast or the, the last one we had, I think they've just conquered pretty much everything they could on this earth and they're bored. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, there's so much they can do here, though. That That's what's frustrating is, like, I understand they're like, I'm rich and, like, I've discovered everything that I want to discover here. Let's go out there and like see what, but like, how about you just help your fellow humans? Like we're all suffering. Like yeah. the earth is suffering <laughs> and you can help. Like, yeah, but come if on. You, if you think about it, 
that's already kind of happening right now with the stimulus about giving people money. So I spent the last 10 years in a success organization with multi self-made multimillionaires, people that had nothing and built it all to the top. And what I learned is that the reason people are successful, and by the way, don't sue me either, this is the truth, is because of how they think. It has nothing to do with where they grew up, uh, their situation, their the man is on them. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with their how hard they work, how they think. Um, maybe they went through a lot of shit in their life, so they're mentally tough. You know what I mean? Because you don't become a billionaire if you're a pansy. You know what I mean? You don't become a billionaire or a millionaire if you don't if you're not good with people, if you're not a hard worker. Like they said, like Elon Musk would work 20 hours a day at one point because Tesla was about to fail. By the way, people forget about that. Tesla was failing like about 10 years ago. People were talking shit to him because he sold PayPal, got $350 million. Most people would be like, shoot, I'm rich. I'm done. He took that money and invested all of it in two companies, SolarCity and Tesla. When, when everyone thought solar was weird and they thought electric cars are never going to happen, and they almost didn't. He, it, Tesla was failing. He worked 20 hours a day for like six months and he basically single-handedly saved tesla but now they see him and go oh you're a billionaire you're lucky but i bet you anything 99 percent of people would not have done that 20 hours a week for six months and invested 350 million and and, and went broke instantly you know what i mean yeah so um so what i've learned is that it's not so we're looking at it now right we're looking at giving people money why do people don't want to go to work why is everyone stuck at home being what they call lazy, right? Because they're being given money, right? So if that argument was that if you just give people money, everything's going to get better, well, that means that all these people would be like, oh, everything's great. I'm going to go back to work and work harder because I was given money and I was helped out while I needed it. Instead, it's kind of enabling millions of Americans, which I don't blame you, by the way. Like, if you are making more money on unemployment and you want to go get a crap job and make less money and deal with, you know, ri you know, risking your health or dealing with, you know, idiots at work or whatever, I would probably choose the same thing. I Stay mean, it's, home. This, it's the system's fault, not the yeah. people. Like, it's not their fault that they're that, that the system that's set up is benefiting them yeah. in a way that, you know, work doesn't like why put yourself through all yeah. that? If the government, you know, it's not their fault. Yeah. But I think it is a little naive to say that it's not where you come from. Like, any, like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people aren't given the opportunity if they are born in certain areas or, you know, or they're a person of color or, you know, things of that nature. Like, that they're not given the opportunity to become a success. There's probably so many hardworking people that are out there, like, kicking, you know, just doing everything they can, but no one's going to give them that opportunity to become, you know, a visionary or some sort of like billionaire, like how to make that kind of money. Because uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's more than just like, you know, what you like the things that you laid, the criteria you laid out. I think there's more to it than like that to be successful. I mean, I think a lot of people just aren't giving the opportunity to become successful. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. I, when I say that, I say America, because obviously if you come from a third world country, a country where the government doesn't really allow you to do anything, you're killed if you try to do something different. So I agree with that. But I, I'm, when I say I talk about the United States of America, and then you're right. So they need an opportunity, right? 
So they say success is when mental toughness meets opportunity. So, yeah, some people have not gotten the opportunity, but then there's people like, uh, you know, people like Kanye, who's now worth $5 billion, and he didn't really come from success, and he's African-American, right? He's worth more than Trump, by the way. I mean, that's about, but that's my point, right? Like, he's the exception. Right, but he he's an exception because of the way he thinks. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just, yeah. but I feel like being, like, if you're white, oh, uh, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to have way more, like, if you could, if you, like, try to list out, like, successful people, and you, I say, okay, tr- like, name, like, a white, white successful people, you can probably go, like, Bill Gates, you know, yeah. Steve Jobs, like, you can just keep going, and then you say, okay, now name a person of color that, like. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying, that's the only thing I'm saying is, like, White people, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, um, what's Richard Branston, all these people, the system is for them. It's like benefits them. Like this, the the system of America that has been put in place benefits white men. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that That's one. Yeah. So I just think they have a, a easier, you know. Yeah. And uh, they were just given opportunity. Like it's just way easier for them to become successful, to become, you know, what they are today. Because I'm sure there's so many smart people out there that could become potentially like them but they're just not given that opportunity yeah no i agree with you and it's i've seen it right um and I, and so on the other end of that i also believe that they want us to believe that which is true but the more you believe it that okay it, uh, uh, and i i get it i've seen racism like blatantly right because uh, i'm mexican-american but when i was young i looked white right so I had doors open for me because I didn't know what was going on, right? Like, I remember it was like Cinco de Mayo, 1990-something, and I'm we're walking across the street with me and all my friends, and they're all Hispanic and look Hispanic, and these cops on horses come up, and they go, you, you, and you, sit down. So they said, I told my friends, they pointed me like, you, get out of here. And I was like, all right, peace, you know? I had no idea what was going on. They arrested all of them, gave them like jaywalking tickets. And then we were like 15 or 16. We couldn't afford no $800 ticket. So then I was like, oh, okay. I'm starting to see that, you know, Mm -hmm. the way you look, you know, I had green eyes. I was light skinned. I looked, you know, I looked Italian, right? White passing. Yeah, I I, I could pass, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was working for a a professional uh, uh, NFL team. I'm not going to say the names, but I remember um, everybody thought, they didn't know I was Hispanic, right? And I remember I was talking to this one guy, and and then I'm like, they're like, "What's your last name?" I'm like, "Estrada." They're like, "What are you?" I'm like, "Hispanic." I'm like, "Oh, don't let nobody find out around here." It's like he'll be gone in an instant. Oh and I was God. like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Really?" Uh, I was like, "Dang!" So you know, just stuff like that. You know, yeah. so I do agree with you, right? But I also understand that, like, um, if you subconsciously feel like you already don't have a chance, why are you going to even try? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the victim mentality never helps you. It only weakens you and it hurts you. I get it. I know. I've seen it. I, I worked for uh, football teams and majority African-American, right? I remember we were driving down the, st- down the freeway and, uh, you know, it was three African-American coaches and myself, right? And the cop goes by and they all start getting nervous. And I'm just like, like dummy, like, you know, never had any issues. I'm like, oh, we're not doing anything wrong. They're not. And then all of a sudden the cop slows down and he's like going same speed as me. And he's looking in the car and then he slows down again and gets behind me. And then he follows me and he pulls me over. 
Of course. For no reason, mm-hmm. but he makes up a reason, right? And then we we're we're like on the freeway, and he's like, calls us back up, and oh I'm just God. like, and I was like, dang, like this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I get it now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? People of color, especially ones that, you know, not like me, which I don't look like. Well, now I'm more darker, right? But back when I was young, yeah, I do understand that you guys do kind of get a lot of opportunities taken away. Yeah. You get judged and all that kind of stuff. I mean, when I, I've gotten pulled over once by a cop, I was yeah. going 79, I think 78, 79, and the car pulling, and he pulled me over for speeding, and I don't agree. Like, I'm yeah. just going with the flow of traffic. Yeah. But when he pulled me over, he pulled me over. He took, you know, took my stuff down, came back with a ticket. And it was my first time ever being pulled yeah. over, right? So, and I'm white. Yeah. So, I said, can I take a selfie with you? It's my first time being pulled over. And he said, sure. <laughs> and so, I have a picture of me, and I have a selfie, you know, with yeah. this cop that pulled me over. And I'm like, and then, like, looking back, I'm like, that is, like, the epitome of, like, white privilege, yeah. right? Like, I had no sense of, like, fear. I was just like, oh, let's take a picture yeah, with this, yeah, yeah. this cop. You weren't fearing for your life or anything. Yeah. No, I was like, all yeah. right, it's my first time. Yeah. Like, let's take a picture <laughs> with this random cop. Like, it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't imagine, like, being afraid. Like, yeah. that's such an intense, like, yeah. unreal thing is that, like, the people that are supposed to protect you, you're, like, afraid of them. Like, the, I don't even, that's, like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I know. And so, like, recently I've... Like I said, I've I've had a lot of friends who are African American, you know. I've dated some women who are African American or African and I just see the difference when we're hanging out than when it's with other people. You know what I mean? It's weird. Like um so yeah, I feel you on that one. But I do also understand that the victim mentality doesn't help. Oh yeah. It only hurts you subconsciously even before without even realizing it, you know. And then some cultures like I'm Hispanic, right? Like we even within our own culture we hate on each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like crazy. It's like, oh, like you could do something good. Oh, you think you're all bad now, you know what I mean? Like it's like, come on, we're supposed to support each other and right. like you know, so like we're fighting against, you know, cultural differences then we're fighting against racism then we're fighting against each other it's a fight yeah Yeah, it's like jesus christ I th- and i think it's really hard to get out of the victim me- mentality when um you just feel beaten down right like even when you're trying yeah you know it's just no one's there to to be like let me like give me like hand out and be like you know what you're doing great let's you know i feel like some people potentially think i'm working so hard and i've been working so hard but no one is there to see it and no one is there to like help because you can't. I mean, it's really hard to do something on your own, mm-hmm. no matter if you're working 24 oh, hours a day. Me, I mean, it's really hard. Like it's it's not I don't know. I feel like it's especially if there's no one there there. There's not something in place to help you when you are working this hard and you do have the potential and there's no one there that's like sees that potential. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, why should I try? Right. right. Like I'm putting all this effort into something and it's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I, d- I feel like it's a double thing. Like, yeah, that doesn't help. Like, if you're going to be, like, pity party all the time, like, yeah. you're not going to get anywhere. But then again, if you're trying your hardest for years and years and years and there's no benefit to it, then, then it's like, why do I even want to keep trying? Yeah. I, I agree with you on that one, too. But they say um, everybody who's successful goes, yeah, this took me 25 years. And 25 years later, I'm an overnight success. Right? So success does take time just like this podcast right like i I started like nine months ago this is uh, uh, the second bliss seekers 2.0 i mean i'm not happy with the results but i also understand that i can't i can't think that yeah i can't i can't doubt i can't put doubt and worry get in my head 
And who knows? Maybe I'm farther along than most people in nine months. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no basis of what to like judge yeah. it by, right? But I always want more. I, mm-hmm. I want to do it. And I know this is going to be successful. I know it's going to take some time. I know there's going to be people that are going to come and go, right? Mm-hmm. But I learned all that in the last 10 years of seeing people build organizations from nothing and go from nothing to multimillionaires and the, 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 the habits it takes, right? Um, so I know, like you said, like even if it does take longer than expected, and I hope it doesn't, help us out, guys. You <laughs> know, Subscribe, share with your friend. But, uh, but if it does take long, I, I think by now, I'll be a little more mentally tough to handle it. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a big thing, by the way. It's mental toughness. Most people... And even me, I was a mental pansy before this company. Uh, we're we're mentally not as tough as we should be. You know what I mean? We're taught to be employees. Like we're taught to look for jobs. We're yeah. not taught to look for opportunities. Right? True. Um, and it's not our fault. It's ingrained since since like school. Yep. You show up at a certain time. You take a lunch at a certain time. Yep. You leave at a certain time. If you mess up, you get a bad grade. In entrepreneurship, that's how you learn is by messing up. You know True. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like in school, you have to know everything before you do stuff. In entrepreneurship, you just got to screw it up and mess it up and do it. And that's how you learn. Yeah. Right? So I think it's also like a, you know, there's a lot of things stacked against Definitely. us. Right. You know, but, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, so I agree with you. There's a lot of people that don't have opportunities, but I just want to say that if you live in the United States, it may be harder for some, but the opportunity is there for all yeah. who want to work for it who want to get and you have to be tough like 100 and, and don't shy away from bad things happening adversity because that's how you get mentally tough what do you always say d- we always say we don't panic we don't panic we pivot yeah right yeah and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and by the way i, I got that from my previous mentor i'm not going to steal it but that's the second time so he said give me credit three times and it's yours so two more times <laughs> then, I, then i made it up right so do you think it would potentially help if maybe they changed how school how the school system is yeah but do you know why the school system is like that to torture me no (laughs) because the people in power want everybody to be like that minions yeah a little like sheep Mm -hmm. yeah no that makes sense and all the answers are in books but nobody reads the successful people said okay fine we'll give you all the secrets but we're going to put it in a book guess what nobody reads i said i'll watch youtube yeah (laughs) yeah if it's not on youtube We'll try to give you the <laughs> answers, but but yeah, so I think the school system, it should change, by the way. Some places are starting to adapt. So if I did, if when I do have kids, you know, I want to try to maybe put them in those like more modern schools where mm-hmm. they, they don't try to funnel all kids into like one cookie cutter. Yeah. They, they try to learn the kid and see what their strengths are and let them choose for themselves. And so I think like, actually one of my dreams is to, to develop a school that teaches kids stuff that you actually use in life. Yeah. Like my favorite meme is like, man, I'm so glad I learned about parallelograms instead of taxes because parallelogram season's coming up and (laughs) I got to do my parallelograms, right? So, you know, teaches kids about money, about finance, about nutrition, about leadership, about people skills, about affirmations, about how you speak, about, you know, think big. Because if you look at little kids, they think big. They're like crazy. They want to be astronauts. Yeah. They want to be presidents. Yeah. They yeah. like they go big or go home when they're thinking. Do you think? Um, so all these weird people in their lives made them think smaller and smaller and smaller. That's right? true. Do you think like that kind of system is hindering people from like finding their bliss because you've been taught a certain way 
that you need to be like, you know, work an eight to five job and that's how you're going to, you know. So then people that maybe are more passionate about other things feel like that they can't achieve it because they have to stick to the norm. Yeah, that's exactly why I started this podcast, because like I said, the organization I was in the last 10 years, that's all they do is they try to reprogram employees to become entrepreneurs, to become leaders, to become big thinkers. Right. And I noticed that it's difficult. It's almost impossible to change a fully grown adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But those that were able to shed some of those limiting beliefs, some of that programming, they were able to become extremely successful. Right. And help others. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I do. Yeah, I do 100 percent think that. That's what's preventing people. Not just that. Parents. Yeah. Family. And parents is, is hardcore influence, especially if you're close and you yeah. have good parents. Like anything they say, anything they do, it makes an impact on you, whether you try to avoid it or not. Right. So I just feel like because of the school system, because of parents, because of family, because of social pressure mm-hmm. and them not being tough enough, they kind of fold and they follow that path. Yeah. And they don't ever learn or they they're just too afraid because the one thing that prevents you from being successful is the pressure from your close friends and family, because whether you realize it or not, the minute you want to do something different, you're going to lose a lot of friends and family. Yeah. Unless they're going with you. Yeah. And people, it's just too hard for them. It's too hard to lose those close friends and family. Mm -hmm. They say true friends share a common future, not a common past. Right. Yeah. But what I've seen only from my experience is that when when they try to do something different, when they try to break away from the from the tribe, the pressure of the tribe is too tough and they just kind of like fold back in and yeah. go back to the normal thing. Change so is hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I mean, it's hard enough for us to change ourselves. Yeah, that's how I know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to change others. But hopefully through this podcast, through examples, through, you know, through us following our own bliss i'm still i feel like i'm still trying to find mine yeah well hopefully you find it on (laughs) this podcast right yeah uh and by the way i'm I'm 43 and i i think i found it you know what i mean i think i'm close but so don't don't feel bad because sometimes it takes a while you know what i mean but yeah i do agree i do think that's hurting a lot of people and hopefully people who tune into this and listen to this maybe we start to make you think a little differently just because that's all it takes is for you to kind of like wake up from the you know from the matrix right yeah exactly it's funny because i do feel like i'm woke and being woke is a lonely thing too because imagine you wake up and everyone else is still sleeping and you're trying to tell them and they they're they don't listen to you or they get mad at you and they think you know everything because you're woke you know what i mean yeah (laughs) a woke kind of is like they say ignorance is bliss (laughs) it is right sometimes sometimes right and it's hard too because like it's like even if you tell someone, hey, look, the, the system sucks. Like you need, you should like, you can do better than this. Like you don't need to be a pawn. Like you yeah. can be, but then it's like, like, okay, like I love that. But then it, I feel like people are like, okay, now what? Yeah. You know, like I like you like that mentality. You're like, yeah, I love that mentality. But then it's like, okay, now wh- what do I do now? And I, they don't tell them the truth. Okay, now you're awake. Okay, now you're going to spend the rest of your life relearning everything. Yeah. <laughs> Forget everything you knew and relearn Here everything. And hopefully you make it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But hopefully yeah. through this podcast, our stories, our guests, us just chopping it up and talking, then maybe we'll wake some people up. Hopefully. Or at least inspire some people to think a little differently, you know. 
eat a, eat a few more vegetables. Throw some vegetables in your diet. You know, what I mean? you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm but, just but kidding. so yeah, we want to inspire people to find their true purpose, and we say follow your bliss, but it just means follow your highest excitement, right? Yeah. And um, you know, though I think the one way you will know that you're on the path is how much energy you have. I have no energy. I must be on like the wrong <laughs> path. I'm tired all day, every day. <laughs> well, that that also has to do with the other stuff sometimes. But I think if you are really in your purpose, like you want to wake up, mm. like you're excited to wake up every day because you're like fulfillment is daily. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that feeling for everybody, even if it's just for like a, a short period of time. I wish that feeling for a lot of people because. I remember when I was working for the NFL, that was at that time I was like 18, 19 years old. That was like my dream come true. And like I'd be in traffic uh, driving from Oakland to Napa in rush hour traffic. So I'm on the road stuck for four hours one way, four hours back. But I'm happy as a clown. <laughs> yeah. I'm like blasting my CDs. I'm like super happy. And I look around and everybody's miserable. Yeah. Everybody's like. And I'm like, I'm happy. Why? Because I was following my bliss. Yeah. I was actually achieving my dream or a, a taste of mm-hmm. my dreams when I was 18 and 19. So maybe that's another reason why I'm so inspired to to help people at least get a taste of it. Because I had a taste of it when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting a little taste of it now. You know, and I, I know that most people don't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know that when I was pursuing this this, this job, this internship in the NFL, Everybody was against me, even my own parents. Everybody was telling me not to do it. I'm chasing an impossible dream. They're never going to hire me. Why would they want you? And then when I got it, oh, look at it. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I always knew you could do it. Yep. So I learned that very young, right? Not many people get that. So I just want to share stuff like that. And by the way, my my clip on my on how to get an internship in the NFL is the number one most watched clip on this channel to date. I think we're over four thousand views wow. now. Yeah, so it just shows that people do want to hear and learn about something amazing like mm-hmm. that, right? But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about following your bliss and finding your purpose? I feel like I'm still trying to trying to find the what like you know the pathway. Like I feel like I'm I'm on a road. And there's just so many different directions and I, I just don't know which one I want to go down. I don't know what it's going to entail when I choose one and I don't want to make the wrong choice. I just just feel like it's, um, it's just not like linear for me. Like I'm unsure of which way to go and like how to figure it out. So there's a quote that I love. Uh, I'm probably going to kill it because I haven't seen it in a long time. It says, there are many things that will there are many things that will inspire your mind but very few that will inspire your heart pursue those so the best advice i could give you is don't use your brain use your heart too many people so the brain has all the objections by the way yeah the brain has all the no's has all the fear has all the worry why cuz it's it's its sole purpose is to keep us alive. Yeah, right? it's like none care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're like some of my friends who are adrenaline junkies, may, maybe <laughs> that part of their brain broke because <laughs> they're like jumping off cliffs and almost drowning and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. my brain will be like, mm-mm, girl, mm-mm. Yeah, so maybe that brain's a little not working that properly as far as keeping you alive. But, I mean, I do appreciate them too because they say, hey, you know what? 
it's more just about not living in fear for them. Yeah. Like they do not want to pass die, but they're not going to let fear stop them. Mm-hmm. If they die, they die. Right. Um, so our brain is designed to keep us alive. But I believe your purpose, your dream is put in your heart by God, by universe, by Allah, whatever you believe. And it's there and it can it never changes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're if you're still wondering, you need to figure out a way to shut off the brain and listen to the heart. And I think the heart will tell listen you. Listen to your heart. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> I'm not a singer, so I don't want to lose like a bunch of subscribers. Ooh. We just got to 300. Woo! Ooh. Yeah. Hey, it's a small milestone, but I appreciate it. it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and because I know we're not stopping there, right? But uh, but yeah, I'd say try to listen to your heart. I think that and uh, sometimes we have to shut the mind off and mm-hmm. that's super difficult that's t- yeah that's hard yeah that's why they say meditation is so powerful mm. because that's how you kind of sh- you don't shut the mind off but they say it's like the mind's like the freeway and cars are going but you instead of being in the car you're like on the side of the road mm. and you're kind of just looking at the cars i see and going hmm because like you're in the car you're like oh my god am i gonna crash well where am i going now i gotta make a but then you're outside the car you're like oh look at that car huh I wonder why that person is doing that. So that's kind of like what meditation does. Oh, so interesting. I would just say maybe follow your heart. It might take some time. You know what I mean? But anything that gives you energy, anything that gives you excitement, anything that gives you like the little butterflies in your gut, because your gut actually is like, they say it's like um, guardian angels. Like when I mean gut, is like your intuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you must follow that. Like yeah. people that <laughs> make a lot of mistakes, the ones that don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. It's like the little thing saying, nope, don't do it. And you're like, nah, I don't know. Let me try it. Okay. You know yep. what I mean? But listen to your instincts. Listen to your heart. Listen to what you're, when you get excited, right? And, uh, uh, you know, the best example I could use, and then we'll switch topics and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up, is kids, when they have to wake up for school, sucks Blech. they don't get up i hate it but saturday morning cartoons oh give me up oh my I'm god up. you're up at 5 a.m i'm waiting you're the first person up pokemon I'm why ooh, yeah. i was up i was ready because that's that was your heart mm-hmm. that was that was your highest excitement right like you could get up at three o'clock in the morning right but to get up at seven the next day to go to school oh mm-hmm. my god it's, it's miserable it sucks because that's not your that's not your highest excitement you kids are following their bliss on Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah. They're not following their bliss on school on Monday through Friday. True. Does that make sense? Unless they love school. There's some, I mean, there you go. There's Maybe. some kids that are like that, you know, yeah. uh, and they love school and they, they're up early. They're the good students and all that. And it's great. Right. All right. Nerds. <laughs> you said it, not me. Right? <laughs> all right. So let's just talk real quick about the Olympics because that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, the 2020 Olympics is going on in 2021. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tokyo 2020. Um, you know, uh, for me, the Olympics used to be something super exciting. The whole family would watch. The whole world would watch, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know we talked about this, but it just seems like this year is kind of weird. Like, the excitement's not really there. Um, uh, it's just kind of, like, happening, but it's not really yeah. – the media's not really talking about it too much. Yeah, and, like, the stadiums are pretty empty because Japan's, like, yeah. on crisis mode with COVID. Yeah. and. I'm just like, it's just like, uh, and like this year, so I used to watch every year with my, my best friends, right? I would go over, we'd like all get together and watch it. And like, you know, I have come to, you know, I'm not a huge fan of 
of the USA, just like politically and you know what we're doing. But man, with the Olympics, because I'm just like, yeah, like yeah. America, we're better than all of America. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and we sit down. But this like this year, my best friends moved to Texas, so I don't have them. And I'm just like watching them, and of course, like I love the athletes, like they're amazing. But I the just the it's not there, like the excitement, the like anticipation like you know all that kind of like stuff it's just like not there for me for some reason that i don't know what it is i don't know i don't know if anyone else is feeling like that but just it's different yeah it's it's weird i don't know if you guys are feeling that way uh let us know uh leave it in the comments but yeah i think so i i talked to one of the i mean i talked didn't talk to one i saw one of the athletes you talked to them yeah yeah (laughs) no the the girl who won the taekwondo the first gold medal Mm -hmm. in so long right and uh, she was like super fired up. But then they interviewed her the next day and they're like, oh, how do you feel? Were you nervous? She's like, eh. She's like, well, I qualified a year ago. So it was just kind of like this weird feeling. Like, are we going to do it? Or are we not? So yeah. so there was like no nervousness because it was like, oh, we're finally doing this. Right. So maybe it's like um, like the buildup is not there because it should have been last year. And yeah. I wonder like how different it is for the athletes. Like to have waited a whole year. Like, you know, you're <laughs> probably like all psyched. Like, Woo! And then it's like, just kidding everyone's going through a pandemic and then they hold it for a year and then like japan's still going through a pretty like harsh you know reality with the pandemic hitting them really hard and so like there's no one really in the stands right now and i uh, it's just like so weird like i want for especially the athletes like they're competing on the world stage in empty stadiums like that's got to be so weird yeah 100 percent. because like i'm a ufc fan i don't know if you are too and we just had a um professional mma fighter on the podcast check out our last podcast with ivan batnich but um i remember watching the ufc fights with no fans and it was weird it's weird like you could hear everything you could hear the coaches and then i remember watching it like recently when mcgregor snapped his leg in half Ugh. but like the the crowd was sold out the energy right? it's just it's completely it's different. different like it's it's i think i mean it's like there's positive negatives obviously but like the positive as a fan when there's no cr- no fans, it's like you get to hear everything, right? So you can hear the strategy. You can hear, yeah. like, you know, the innards of stuff. Like, even, like, baseball. I remember when the stadiums were empty and you could hear, like, <laughs> the players, <laughs> run, you know, when they yeah. miss a ball. And then you're just like, that's, a, like, it's so funny. You're like, what's going you're on Like, here? oh, yeah. he's so mad. But, yeah. but then, like, the fans bring so much energy. Yeah, it's like, energy. It's insane. I remember going to um, Game 7, uh, the Sharks versus the Golden Knights, when the Sharks won in OT after mm. Pavelski fell to the ice, broke his face open. The Sharks were down 3-0. They scored four goals in five minutes. It was in the... That must have been electric. It was insane. I've never felt energy like I did that. Yeah. Like that day. Oh, that night. Oh, my. It was like... I can't even describe it. It was just like... Like everyone was like... We were all one. And we're all just... Yeah. Like it was yeah. so intense. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And so like taking that away from sports is like... It's like... You know, and there's yeah. n- there's not that like, yeah, and like yeah. maybe you can be on your couch doing, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as being with thousands of people. I think the players feed off the energy, too. Definitely. So I had the same experience. We went to the last game in Oakland. I think it was 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. It was Thursday night football, Raiders versus Chargers. And I'm a Raiders fan. And as a Raiders fan, 49ers fan, whatever, I don't hate the 49ers. But the energy is different from a 49ers game. Oh, than a Raiders game. 100%. It's completely different. If you've been to one, you know the difference. But that energy, I had not felt anything like that since the first game in 1995 when they came back to Oakland. You could, like, you, if I was talking to you, it was so loud we couldn't hear they each other. Hear. We'd be like, ah, 
<laughs> you could feel it like all the yeah. hairs it's are like standing like up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like I remember uh they intercepted Philip Rivers like four times and we won. We uh, like I play for the team. Uh they won and it was the last game in Oakland. Mm-hmm. It was a special moment. I'm very glad I was able to be part of that. But yeah, energy is such a big thing in it sports. It is. Especially cuz like com- like combat sports or or like, you know, contact sports yeah. like I mean, I don't know about golf because, you know. The oh, I'm not quiet anyway. Yeah. I don't think it matters. <laughs> but, but there's still some type of energy with the crowd. You know yeah, definitely. I mean, if you make a, a good putt, you know, yeah. for birdie or what, and the crowd's just like, and then you're like, yeah. you get that confidence yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like those those crazy sports like football, even baseball, the home run, right? Yeah. Even like, I feel like comebacks might not, mm. you know, happen as much if there weren't fans. Because I feel oh, like, you know, once yeah. you start on that comeback and you get the fans involved, Momentum. then it's just like. You get that confidence. You get everyone behind you. You got yeah. 20,000 people screaming at you. Then you're like, yeah, we're going to win, yeah. you know. But then if it's like empty stadium, yep. you know, I mean, I, I mean, you still, I mean, they're still athletes. They still have pride. They still have, you know, drive to win, but you don't, it's just different, yeah. right? You it's definitely feed be. off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I was in the NFL, I actually got the feeling of walking out of the tunnel onto the stadium. It's like sold out and screaming. So it is the most amazing feeling. Like you walk out the tunnel and all of a sudden you hear, <sighs> and like, you're just like, whoa. And I'm just like <laughs> a little intern. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a player, you right? know, and just feel all these people like just cheering for you and the energy is, it's pretty crazy. And right? even like for the Olympics, like a lot of these sports, this is it, you yeah. know, like this is their stage. There's, they're not going, you know, to go do archery in front of thousands of people. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, this is, their moment and then there's just like no one there like that i don't that must be actually pretty difficult i think and maybe that's why it doesn't feel as you know exciting to watch because i mean obviously they're all amazing athletes but it's just like i don't know there's just something missing and maybe it's just the fans i don't know maybe you know just imagine that you said something important like olympic athletes they train four years for sometimes 10 seconds yeah 30 seconds one game one moment yep. like you know the gymnasts like they have two tries and if they mess up that's it you you're know done. what i mean like you're done for four, years. four years i yeah. mean there's like they have the world championships and other things like different competitions yeah. but it's nothing like the olympics yeah the olympics is like the cream of the crop and yeah yeah it is crazy like um yeah i mean uh, well I, f- I feel for the olympic athletes i mean i'm pretty sure they don't mind anyways it's yeah they're still you know they're still winning medals yeah they're still winning medals <laughs> they're <and all> fine <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's just a different vibe. It's you know? yeah, definitely definitely is a different vibe this yeah. year. Like I I don't know. Like I said, I just remember it was a an it was everybody knew, everybody was glued to their TVs. Yeah, families were watching it together. Right. You know, like I remember just like figure skating was big. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, gymnastics. You know, I don't even, I don't even think of gymnastics unless it's the, like the Olympics, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. It's like because obviously like basketball in the olympics but they have the nba or they have yeah. like european leagues you know but like gymnasts they have like the world champions but yeah. they don't have like a league yeah. or like archery yeah. and then like uh, beach volleyball or even like ping pong you yeah. know what i mean like there's so many sports that this is their stage this is their moment and then it's just like <laughs> and it's also country pride too yeah like i mean i even like watching the opening ceremony where the all the athletes mm-hmm. come out and it's it's super funny when like you see one country and there's like two. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know what I mean? You're like, oh. Yeah, like poor country, you know, and right. this other country comes out with like 300 Like us, athletes. I know yeah, the Americans. Yeah. I don't, and also like, not to get political, but um, having someone that I 
truly despised as our president for four years and kind of just, you know, put our name in the dirt, you know, like across the world, you know, gave us kind of that made us look pretty bad to everyone across the world i like i don't feel like i want to be that patriotic right now i'm like you know we're still kind of re- recovering from the damage i feel like he did to us so i'm just like Meh. like yeah. i don't know like but i think we need people to rally behind the country now you know what i mean well yeah we need change and we need to yeah. show that that's not who we are you know I, so i'm not partisan I'm Democratic sometimes and Republican sometimes because, you know, being in the financial industry and mm-hmm. seeing successful people, business owners, I understand the Republican view of business. Yeah. But then I just, like you said, I didn't like, this was my big thing with the last four years was I didn't like the division and the hate. Yeah. As a country, we're, we were not built on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is like the land of the free, the home of the brave. It's all immigrants. Unless you're in your Cherokee or Aztec or Mayan or, you know, any other Native American, Native American, you're an immigrant. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, a lot of people don't feel like they, it, a lot of people don't seem like they think that way. They think yeah. this is, you know, our land Yeah. and you're just here on it. Yeah. I get it. You were <laughs> born here, but you didn't come from here originally. Right. Yeah. So I just didn't like the division. I didn't like the, you know, just separation. Like I, I'd never seen this country so it divided was, yeah it was insane like even families were fighting i mean i other. fought my dad pretty much <laughs> weekly yeah. you know my dad is a business owner right yeah. so i'm definitely more liberal and so obviously he was yeah and he was for trump yeah and it was just like every day i was like did you see what he said yeah <laughs> did you see what he did there yeah. you think that's okay yeah. and he was like well he's a good businessman i'm like yeah. Andy, yeah. Andy. <laughs> you know, but as a businessman <laughs> that's all you care about is your like, bottom ah! line i was like screaming yeah. my head off <laughs> family times yeah. <laughs> that's what i mean like even in previous republican administrations families were not being ripped apart yeah it was nothing like okay yeah. like bush oh yeah whatever like yeah. he's i mean you know whatever th- they destroyed iraq for no reason and destabilized the middle east which is not a good thing terrible but families were not fighting against each other you know what i mean? guess because it wasn't on our soil maybe like when trump came he was just being a little a-hole to like the u.s you yeah. know like it was it was like us being you know like like, yeah. I don't know. I think it was it was just like he was so gross yeah. in every sense of the like, I don't even know if he's a good businessman. OK, like, I don't I don't know. He's been bankrupt a lot. His dad gave money. I don't know his whole like thing. Yeah. But he was a terrible person. Yeah. And it's just like, how can you let someone who is so terrible of a human being, you know, have such a high standing in our country, like the highest you can get. And he's out here making fun of like disabled people. Yeah. He is degrading women. Mm-hmm. And it's like literally, and that's only two. Like you could probably have a list. I, we could probably talk about how terrible things he said for like another podcast. But it's just like <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. I I used to stay away from politics and religion, but yeah, I, I'm not, I I get it. Like it was not a good look for our country. No. Our country was admired most of the time mm-hmm. by the world. Even we have our faults. Like yeah, no America's one's perfect. Not perfect. Yeah, but when you look at the whole world, America was looked at as the the model country like one of the best like the most powerful best economies all that kind of stuff and for a while we were just looked at like what the hell are you guys doing you yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah like you guys good over yeah there? Like, is everything okay <laughs> you know like uh and we're just, and all of us like no help yeah <laughs> excuse <laughs> me ladies real quick i want to talk about one thing and then we can wrap it up wrap it up so let's go back to olympics and let's talk about usa basketball because oh no usa basketball Wait, usa 
men's basketball. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, ladies. Don't. By the way, we say, oh, USA soccer sucks. And uh, yeah, let me rephrase that. Women's soccer dominated. It still dominates to this day. Yep. The men, they're getting better, actually. They're like, they were, they're like, yeah, they are. Now they, they're getting better. They're okay. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Got, we'll uh, give it to them. Christian Pulisic. The, oh, yeah. Pul- they call yeah, him Captain, Pulisic. Yeah, yeah. Pulisic, Captain America, right? Yeah, yeah, um, So we'll see what happens in, in the in the World Cup next year. I'm yeah. excited I mean, for that. Well, the U.S. women lost to I know, Sweden they just lost. 3-0. Yeah, they got whooped. But then they came back and they said, okay, we, we ain't having that. And they beat yeah. Australia 6-0. So. Sometimes <laughs> a loss is good when yeah. you've been winning for so long. They needed that, I think. Yeah. I they, think they, they needed humbled. that. Yeah. Because it was like, they're always looked at like number one. They're number one. But it was. I think that's like, hey, yeah. you, you be careful now. Like, don't get too cocky there. You slack off a little bit when you just win so much. Yep. You know what I mean? But so U.S. men's basketball. U.S. men's basketball. The dream team just lost to France. Who I don't even know any players except for Evan Fournier. Rudy. Oh, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah, Gobert. Gobert right? Yeah, he's actually defensive player of the year. So they have two good players, but USA is like stacked with all. You would right? think, yeah. And it's funny because uh, Patrick Ewing actually just had a quote. He said. I feel bad for the teams now because they grew up watching us dominate the world, but the world has now caught up. Yeah. Which is true. Look at Luca. Yeah. Arguably the best young star. He's amazing. Giannis. Two of the best young players in the NBA. Yeah. The guy that just won the championship. He's from Greece. Yeah. Originally Africa. Uh, Luca is Slovenian. Mm-hmm. And he just had, f- he had more points then like seven of the star, like all the starters <laughs> yeah, in the USA had like 48 <laughs> points, 10 rebounds, five assists. And it's like a different brand of basketball. Anyways, it's good right? though. It's yeah. good. I like, I like that. Like I, I want to see that in like women's sports too, like women's soccer. Like a lot of countries don't have the funding that the U S has. That's why the U S is dominant. Right. Cause right. they have all the funding. They have all the, the money to go, but a lot of countries don't support their women's sports like that. So I think it's, it's good. Like I, it, it brings more competition. It brings, like more fun to watch like it does like it's sad seeing the men the u.s men basketball team lose yeah they lost twice already lost to nigeria too (laughs) it's like but it's fun because you're like oh wow there's actually like competition like that's what the olympics are about right you want to see countries compete not just you know one whooped yeah Yeah, so i think that's it's interesting another it brings a new dynamic you know to to the sport i think that actually says a good thing about the nba though because the nba is truly worldwide now yeah because you know I think that's why we dominated so much in that sport because the NBA wasn't that popular worldwide. Because if mm. you th- if you think about popular sports in the United States are football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Popular yeah. sports nationwide: soccer, mm-hmm. soccer, soccer, and soccer. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Football, <laughs> tennis, and track and field. Like nobody cares about traf- track and field in the U.S. I know, but I'm in Sweden and they're watching it like it's the NFL. Wow! And I'm like, really? You guys watch this stuff? You know what I mean? So I think honestly, it's funding and it's also which sports are dominant mm-hmm. in the country, right? Yeah. But and I think that's kind of why men's soccer has not caught up yet, and I think it's starting to. Cause yeah, it's getting there. Because soccer is big now, even youth sports and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think it takes multiple generations for a sport to become like a like a big thing, right? And and I think that's why we have Pulisic now. Or how do you pronounce his name? Pulisic. Pulisic. We have Pulisic. We have you know they call him Captain America. He is actually playing for Chelsea. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah. He's like the first American born to be actually brought over to play for a huge international club. Is he? Yeah. I don't like think. Clint Dempsey or um, Landon Donovan never did that. But I don't think they were brought over like 
Um, I, I read his Wikipedia. It's oh, something see. like oh, it was a seventy-something million-dollar. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So they were brought over, but they weren't bought out for almost a hundred million dollars. Million to go over there, yeah. So th- they bought him out for seventy-six million. He was the youngest captain of the of the USA team. I mm-hmm. think. So, w- I guess my point is the U.S. is now starting to produce superstar soccer players. Yeah, right. They're c- finally and catching up. And don't get me wrong, there's been some good ones like Dempsey and you know uh, all the past. Donovan. Players. I don't want to the past players but it was like one you know what I yeah. mean and they were great for USA but when they went internationally it wasn't like the Ronaldo's or the Messi's or mm-hmm. the Killian Mbappe's of the world yeah right? yeah um, so yeah I think now because the last three generations have become more soccer focused football uh, I think now hopefully we're going to start to produce some superstars in the soccer world and hopefully in 2022 the USA actually makes a run That'd be and, nice. And does something pretty good because yeah. I, I think, I mean, I can just imagine, like, I, I had a vision of, like, USA soccer, like, making this huge run and Pulisic and, uh, you know, they got this other guy. He's African, but I guess he's on the USA team, right? He's like the best. I think I know who you're talking about. He's like FI something. Anyways, he's a really good player, right? So now USA's got some players, right? So imagine if in the World Cup, they they die, they come and they make this huge comeback and they end up winning or going to the final how big that would be for you for usa soccer uh, like that would be huge yeah. they, they beat like the frances of the world or the the italian italy well italy just came back and won so the Euros, yeah, yeah they missed the world cup last time which was a big deal right yeah so i don't know i think that would be great for yeah soccer that'd be sports. great yeah so anyways um i think that's i think that's pretty good yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I we mean, had a, a good time, good conversation, good yeah. content, you know. I like that we're, you know, we have different opinions and we yeah. can, you know, <laughs> <laughs> talk Nobody about them. Nobody gets em. upset. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Who knows? We haven't fought on the, on the set yet, yeah, but like we'll see. <laughs> 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 like, okay, I'm going to quit. Uh, for yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going like to edit oh your parts yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> like, anybody uh, do videography? I'm just kidding. Let us know. No, In no, the comments below. Yeah, it was, it, was a good, it was a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be a good episode. And yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much what we got right now. So um, any last words? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think we did good. And I hope to, you know, see everyone in the future. And um, I guess you're going to be seeing a lot more of me as I'm yep. taking over as co-host. So yeah, can't wait to produce some more content for you guys. Yeah, and then by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, we we're experimenting with a new set here. Yeah, let us know what you think yeah, about our backgrounds. Yeah, let us know if you like it. I know it's a little trippy, a little colorful, but you know that's just how we are here, right? We want to follow your bliss, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, thank you, Jessica. Yeah. Appreciate it. That was awesome, and uh, we'll see you next time. And as always, follow, follow your, your bliss. bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss. <laughs>